Take away the stigma that bar is just for models and it's just for someone who is already skinny and it's already, and it's only for a female because that is absolute BS. And it really is about transforming you to your best self. It is about defining a stronger, more empowered you. And you know, the rest of the, the aesthetic stuff, it comes along with it, just like with any other workout. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you're listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to get those happy hormones firing. Next up, I welcome founder of Define London and supermom Ashley Verma. Within this episode, we talk about her journey from the Broadway stage to creating Define, how incorporating daily movement and teaching classes is her therapeutic form of self-care and how bar is a workout for everybody, no matter what size, shape, gender or fitness level. Ashley's honesty and vulnerability when talking about the highs and lows of pregnancy, specifically during the lockdown period, is refreshing. And I'm sure a lot of new mums out there will be able to relate and sympathise with the topics discussed. From balancing motherhood alongside running a business, the benefits of pre and postnatal workouts, and the pressures of bouncing back after giving birth. We also get to hear possibly one of the greatest proposal stories of all time. I hope you enjoy. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me on the Dose podcast today. It is a pleasure to have you on. It's been a long time since I saw you in the flesh. So absolutely. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And we were just talking prior to uh, the podcast that, um, you know, you've had to adapt to quite a lot of change in the last year, but you've been keeping very busy. You're a new mum. And you are a determined force of energy. So, um, so you're, you're, you're doing very, very well from, from what we can see from Instagram. It seems like you're, you're smashing it and, and keeping everybody very inspired and full of energy, which is great. We are doing my best. I'm doing yeah. my best. My daughter is doing her best. Yes. My husband is. We all are. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very team uh, effort um, from our part. So, um, yeah, yeah, we are making it happen. You are. So we always kick off this podcast by talking about kind of what motivates us um, and like dopamine specifically, which is like our happy hormone responsible for motivation and drive. Uh, And you're someone who's had a lot of drive from a very young age. I think it was from the age of 19, you were on Broadway. So can you you talk us through that journey from going from Broadway to Define um, and how you set up the brand and kind of the roller coaster that it entailed? So I, um, rewinding back to uh, once I graduated from high school, I was like the first one out of that graduation ceremony and was actually in a car on the way to the airport to go to New York. Um, I've always been very connected and back and forth from my hometown of Moundsville, West Virginia to New York City. And I um, went any opportunity that I absolutely got the chance to do. Um, so I did a lot of my summers um, doing intensives, doing dance competitions. If you've seen the show Dance Moms, that was my world. <laughs> um, prior to that, I was um, heavily um, invested into ballet. So did a few summers in Saratoga Springs with the New York City Ballet Youth Program um, as a kid. So when I hit that 18 marker and was like, okay, um, I had that last summer to audition, to be doing competition, national competitions, and um, before I went to school. So I had a full scholarship to the University of Buffalo, it's a SUNY school, upstate New York, um, for musical theater. And I really didn't want to (laughs) go, really didn't want to go. 
and my parents were just like, please just do this for us. Like, we really want you to get that education as well. And I was like, fine. But they promised me that any audition that were to happen in, in New York, I could get on that Greyhound bus and drive in, do the audition and go back to school. So I did. I spent more time on the Greyhound bus going to Manhattan than I spent in any dance class, any English class, any voice class. I'm sorry that I'm not, I, I was not your, your, your perfect student. <laughs> um, I ended up booking um, the lead role Ariel in Footloose uh, when I was 19 and I dropped out of school. So um, I did the West Coast premiere and then um, went on to tour all over um, the U.S. and Canada with it. And then um, from there, just was back in New York auditioning. And then that kind of that cycle started um, going in and out of um, Broadway shows um, with national tours and international tours um, with um, I would I would say by. Because I was footloose and then I went into Cats. I played Bomb Ballerina in Cats. And then I um, ended up booking um, not too long after um, Cats. I was booked into uh, The Producers, the Mel Brooks musical. And uh, it was the first time um, hired as a swing. So I was covering all the women in the show. And um, I was going on the road first with it. I mean, I didn't know what, what my life would be with The Producers, but... I was hired firstly to go on the national tour um, to cover the women and um, figure it out. And like for me, I'd just gone from playing roles where I was like, oh, one track, that was it, to just multiple things. And it was scary and it was exciting, and um, but I was right on board. It was a lot of work. Um, so I actually was a part of that show for five years in total. I did all of the U.S. Um, up through Canada to Japan. And when I found out that my, I ended up moving my way into a track. So I was an usherette track. Um, and when I was in Japan, found out that my track was opening up on Broadway. And I was freaking out because I was like, get me on a flight, get me out of here. I want to go back. And it turned out I landed on like a Saturday and I ended up in auditions for a track that I had already been doing for years. I had to audition on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday and a Thursday. <laughs> he put me through it. And um, by Thursday evening, I was in a, a put in and um, by Friday I was um, on Broadway with it. So it was a lot. It was a lot. But once I got like established with not so much Broadway than tour, Broadway and tour, I was like in New York. I wanted this like kind of second thing that I always knew that would keep me in New York. And I got a I got a, got a job at um, front front desk reception at a gym for the free membership. And that kind of turned into, oh, I really love like group class fitness. I really like the personal training aspect of it. So that kind of like while I was performing on Broadway, just kind of like hand in hand went together, staying healthy, staying fit for what we do. Um, I then got certified and started into group class and personal training. Um, I got into bar fitness um, during, while I was doing shows. And um, cause I, everyone was always like, well, you're already doing Broadway and it's like such a big thing. And I was like, I, I always felt like it was something that filled me, but it never completely filled me. And it probably, be, because of the politics of the business, um, I had a really hard time with the politics of it. Um, and I, I, I guess I just never really allowed myself to fully like give myself to it because of that. So I always wanted like a second outlet. And for me, fitness, group fitness, being in a class with other people moving and no judgment and all of that was like, just like a ticking force for me. So 
when I got into bar fitness, I actually worked um, at this wonderful company um, called Physique 57. And that is where I'm originally from in the bar, if if you want to get into the bar world. Um, So I had an amazing mentor named Shelly Knight and Tanya Becker. Um, Both of them taught me everything that I knew at the time. And um, I loved it. I I met some of the most incredible people in New York City. And um, for me, it was like, I would personally wake up and go teach a 6.30, a 7.30, 8 a.m., 8.30 class, go home, take a quick nap, shower, go do a matinee, go do an evening performance. And it didn't phase me. I was like a engine that like, it just was so revved because I loved it so much. Um, I always like from from that point, just really thought that that was like my calling with 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 teaching and the the beauty of the movement and trying to convey to people that it doesn't have to be for a dancer. It is really for everybody. And from when I started doing bar to where I am now um, in 2021, my my ethos of of the movement, of the drive and how it really does resonate with you know, the tallest person, the shortest person, the roundest person, the skinniest person. It, it honestly encompasses everyone. And I, I stand by it through and through. And it just it just generates. A, and I know that people can be like, oh, this is like so fake and so not in, in tune with it. It's totally a thousand percent is I get so much out of the group classes. I get so much out of the personal training with my clients that I do because I love the movement and I love what it can do for you. And it's not just about shrink wrapping the body. It's really about empowering that body to a, a level of confidence, empowerment, being impressed with yourself. And everyone should find a moment in their day to be impressed with yourself. I, th- I think that that's like so important, even pre-COVID but to where we are now, just like, you know, implementing those tools to really empower and lift, I think is so important. So just coming back to, I got into that group fitness and I found that it really resonated with me and it was a love, it was a drive. And I wanted to do it more and more. So when I, I met my boyfriend at the time, and then he became my fiance, and now he's my husband, um, he, he definitely was that little thing in my ear going, you should just do your own business. You should just do your own business. And um, I ended up getting injured on a, a Broadway show called Gigi. And um, we were doing eight, ju- we were doing jump splits, eight shows a day. And um, <laughs> Woo! We were doing those jump splits, and uh, I hurt. I hit the floor, and my knee popped. And um, I was center stage in front of sixteen hundred people, and I was like, "Well, I better get my butt off the floor." Um, got off the floor, got off the got off the stage, and um, ended up having to dance on it for about six weeks because of our fabulous healthcare in America. I don't know if you know about it, Hetty, but it is not cute. Um, and uh, I ended up having um, a blown out ACL with a calf tear and ligament tears and all the good stuff. Um, and it really did put me on the couch and it really did make me sit there and think, what else could I do? It was kind of like my a course line moment. <laughs> um, and, uh, it, and it was that, well, my other love is is this fitness and it is this teaching and all of the clients that I have had the opportunity to meet and move and hopefully inspire. So um, I started writing what I what I saw how my class is to be. Um, so we just went for it. Ricky and I knew we wanted to move over here, so um, I hit the ground running and um, took me a couple years to took me a year and a half to build like a following and meet people and that kind of thing. And then um, I got the green light from my family to um, 
you know, uh, established the bricks and mortar and um, we got the space on 82 Great Portland Street. And um, here we are <laughs> and we're there. And, you, there, and um, you know, and Define was, was created through, it was defined by Ashley. It was defined by Ashley Verma. It was um, so many different names. And um, we just, we wanted to settle on Define London because at the end of the day, I, as much as I am the founder of the business, it takes an army to have a business and it takes an army of people that believe in what you do. So taking away just me really hones in on my amazing team and puts them in the fourth, you know, in, in the front to say that, well, it's not just Ashley that needs to be teaching the classes. It's Lindsay who is spearheading it and Elena who's spearheading it and Alex and Lily and Marisha and Georgina. It's It takes a camp. And um, I'm very fortunate to have that camp, um, you know, pre-COVID. And my goodness, we got through COVID together and I couldn't be more proud of the team. Yeah. And you guys had a very big presence online throughout COVID. Like you were really out yeah. there with your classes every day. It was brilliant. Yeah, I was so I, I honestly was so proud of them for stepping up. Now, granted, I had Adia um, four weeks prior to lockdown. And in my head, the, the business was running in a, in a sense that we were doing 72 classes a week. I mean, for me, I was like, I, I, I was so excited that, that, you know, we got the boutique business to the 72 classes a week. And we were going to get to that 96 because that was my big number. I wanted to see that schedule at. And when, you know, the, the light switch got pulled out of the wall, um, we had to, we had to shift immediately. So I, um, we literally went into lockdown on March 20th and we were two weeks later, um, we were teaching virtually via zoom. And, um, it was definitely not something that was in my pre postnatal game plan. Um, but, um, I did everything I could. I would, I, I, yeah, I, I must've had the most banana, angles of my camera to just like so I could comfortably shift my body and like teach and coach um yeah yeah but it I was mean, we, it, we just went not, for it yeah you did because they're not a normal set of circumstances like she's, yeah. Ada, she's your first child isn't she so you probably mm. had like a different idea of how your kind of postnatal period was gonna be and Massively. and how have you found it like balancing motherhood with being this amazing like you know you're, you're a founder to a company and, and a lot of people were responsible for a lot of people so like how how did you juggle that in lockdown and now like how how are you finding the balance um during lockdown, I mean, I, I will t I'll tell you, and I'll be very, very honest, it was probably the most challenging period <laughs> in my life. And everyone can say, everyone will agree that it was the most challenging period of their life. And it just was. And um, I will always say that um, Instagram makes you so shiny. And it just, uh, I, it just makes the world, uh, you know, bells and whistles and, and all of the things. But behind it was struggle and a lot of, I mean, Adia was within a stone's throw of that computer for every class she still is. Um, she is very much, I mean, you can see this, but you know, the, the listeners can't, but I mean, literally right next to me, there's my crib. Yeah. I mean, um, to, to my right pile of clothes that need to have, you know, um, ironing done. I mean, you I just you. pivot, you adjust that, uh, that bra strap and you just make it work. And we did, but it was, um, it, it was maddening at times. Um, my husband also was working from home. He has a business. He has a separate business that is um, in Uganda. And so he is on conference calls starting at five in the morning here. And um, we are 
you know, we're, we're in a flat, we're in a, we're in an apartment and, you know, we're trying, he's in one room, I've shut all the doors and we're, you know, we're just, we are just trying to make it happen. And I think by like Saturday at 2 PM, we're a bit like couch potatoes, but, um, we hold our breath from Monday till about Saturday, 2 PM. And then we, we breathe for a day and a half and then we go back to not breathing. Yeah, so oh, it's amazing. And what so we're all we're on this topic of like you know family and your husband. It is quite amazing how you guys got engaged. I don't know if everybody knows <laughs> the story, but it did, did it involve you being in a performance and him surprising you on stage. It did. It did. <laughs> so it was it was my last performance with uh, Gigi, and my uh, parents were driving up from West Virginia, and my um, now my in laws uh, they were flying in from London and uh, they were meeting all for the first time and it happened to be Mother's Day as well. It just all kind of strangely worked out that it was Mother's Day. Uh, I, I don't even know if, if Ricky. I'll be honest. I don't even think Ricky realized that it was Mother's Day, but um, he was away on business and I called and I said, "Look, this is the results of the um, of, of the outcome with my outcome with my leg." So. I have to be done by the end of the week. So we already knew that my parents and his parents were flying in. So we, I just said to him, I was like, look, I'm going to miss a few uh, shows this week. And I'm just going to like really lay low and rest because I want to do this last performance so that, because my, my dad actually didn't get to see all of the shows that I ever did. My mom like always traveled. My dad wasn't the biggest fan of travel. So, or New York. My dad loved London, <laughs> but uh, but my dad just could never j- uh, jive with um with, with New York. So, I, I was like, "Please come see me." And he's like, "Oh, just send me some pictures. Your mom will tell me about it. I'll, I'll get up there soon for another show." So, we got him up there to see Gigi, which was great, and. Um, they they had brunch that morning. I honestly didn't think anything of it because a lot of people asked me like, oh, did you know? Did you know? And I was like, no, because I, w- the way that Ricky and I always talked was like, I didn't need to move to, I didn't have to be married to move for him. Like we were just going to be together and like, that was it. So um, I think that the engagement would have happened at some point, but I definitely wasn't thinking it was that weekend on the stage. So um, at the end of the show, um, Vanessa Hudgens, she was the star of the show. She like stepped down and she was just like, we had this um, special announcement. It's for someone in our, um, in our, our, our cast. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, they're going to say goodbye to me because it is my last show. And normally like in Broadway, like if it's, if you've been with it for a long time and all that stuff, like they normally give you a little something. So I thought, oh, that's nice. I'm going to get some flowers. This is great. And, um, Everyone, um, you can YouTube it if you want to, but everyone in the cast started walking back, like stepping backwards. And I am such an idiot. I was like, oh, what, what, what? And so like, I quickly ran back and Justin Prescott was like right next to me. And I was like, what's going on? He was just like, just turn around, just turn around. And I like turned around and I looked and Ricky, my husband comes out of stage left with like flowers that get taken from, from him by Justin and he comes out and I was like, what are you doing here? And he was like, oh, um, he's like, don't worry, your dad said yes. And then before (laughs) I knew it, he was like down on like bended knee and there we had it. Oh, I think that has to be one of the best marriage proposals ever. Yeah, it was was pretty pretty epic. And 
I I definitely didn't envision getting engaged on the Broadway stage, but um, it was quite a nice way to go out of the business. Mm. And for you guys, a super solid, because I remember him being there, you know, when you launched the business and he's been that person, like guiding you from the sidelines, hasn't he? Kind of giving you that faith to do it on your own. You you obviously have a very strong bond and it's it's beautiful that you can work together. We do. We we have a very strong bond. We have a um, ironclad, if you will, through some really, really bad, bad fights to some really great makeup fights <laughs> we we just we get each other and um we we make what we want to do work and we try to lift each other up as much as possible during that i mean it's i mean being a, a mom being a new parent is a wonderful thing we have to still support ricky and his vision to um have his business that's in uganda it's a solar energy company and um you know, what he's doing to empower uh, Uganda and the the locals there and and giving the jobs and um, trying to, um, you know, really make a huge impact on their lives. Um, We have to support it. I mean, he's been gone for the past six weeks and, you know, Addie and I just figure it out. And we, um, I'm very lucky and I'm very lucky to say I have help three days a week. I have a nanny on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and a Friday. And on those days, I am at the studio, I am running around doing what I need to do. Um, and on the other days, I am teaching virtually and Adia is right by the computer. And I have been known to put you in a lunge and she is on my hip and we are doing a three pulse down. I go down, 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 lift it up. That's right. And Adia is laughing and she is right with us the whole way through. You're getting uh, started early. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she likes to walk on her tippy toes. Um, She she got my feet. So I'm very happy about that, by the way. Um, She's got a nice high arch. Uh, We always laugh about that. Ricky's like, she got my eyebrows, which he's got great eyebrows. (laughs) And um, she got my feet. And uh, so, so, yeah, listen, when it comes to what, what, your, your, what your children will do, Hetty, what my child will do, I, I just put it out there to the universe. I want them happy, right? Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people have asked me, like, oh, do you want her to dance? Do you want her to get into Broadway and all that? I want her to be happy. I want her to be inspired. And whatever she chooses to be, I will be there every step of the way rooting her on. Mm-hmm. And that is all there is to it. <laughs> yeah and and the community at bar is obviously at define is obviously very important too and you uh, you have a i think you cap classes usually at 14 don't you to make sure that it's not over normally yes yeah yes. so yeah normally and, and there's a real focus on community isn't there and people form kind of close connections pre-post class and and so how important is is the community to you in terms of like your happiness like do you you put in quite a lot of extra time with your clients to make sure that they you know keep coming back and yeah, I do. I mean, I, I do everything I can. Um, yeah. Virtually opened us up to an, a, a broader uh, global scale. So I was able to reconnect with old clients from New York, train folks from Canada, San Francisco, Los Angeles. So we really, Germany, I mean, we have a, a beautiful uh, community from Germany that are always tuning in virtually. And um, for me and my team, I just, I say to them, just keep connecting, Can you keep connecting with them. And, um, and we just do, they are a priority. When someone takes your session, when someone books you for a personal training session, when someone books you um, for a group class, it means something and you, you are a part of their day and you don't know what their entire day entails. And that is, could be like a really bad relationship, no relationship, single at home. It could be just like, 
mom's driving me bananas or I just, you know, I need some me time. So it's, it's important that we make the time when we teach important for them. And I feel like that's what we do. For me, when I teach, it is complete therapy. I've had, I've had those really bad mornings. I'm sure you can, you think of them too. And you're like, oh, yep, definitely crying at four in the morning. Looks like it's going to be a third cup of coffee day. Um, You just don't know what cards are going to be thrown your way. So for me, it's like when I do have those days and I know that I am teaching group class, especially, I I just like zone in and I am just with them. And it just, it's so, it, at the end of it, I feel like I had like eight hours sleep and I feel so energized. Like I'm just like, yeah, just like high on the endorphin and the buzz of we all did something, you know, I get it. Mountain climbers aren't that special, but like when you see, like when you're virtually teaching or when you're in the room teaching and you're all collectively doing it and it's all these different shapes, bodies and ages and different fitness levels, it really does mean something. It really is like a beautiful thing to see and to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And we, we often kind of talk about self-care in this podcast as well, but it's kind of hard when you're someone like, you know, you, you're you juggling a lot at the moment, especially with your husband away and like looking after your daughter and teaching. But it's it's really refreshing to hear talking about teaching as like a form of self-care. It doesn't have to just be like winding down with some yoga or having a bath. It's like that is actually fueling you and filling you up with the energy that you need. So I, I, I love to like, okay, all of COVID, like when, when everything went down and, um, I don't know if you felt, I'm, I'm going to like shift this a little bit and I'll tell you where I'm going to go with it is the, the post baby body mm. oh God, and yeah. that like pressure for that. And I, like, it, it actually didn't even happen to me. There was no pressure because I honestly just had to like get this business pivoted and I just had to worry about that. Mm. So I, I just went through as if like I, if I got a workout in, it was kind of doing some of it with the clients via Zoom and um, that was it. So I never really like felt like I was finding me again in like a workout or anything. I recently, just recently um, decided I needed 30, 30 minutes to an hour a day of me time. So it was either I did tune in to one of my girls teaching virtually um, or I got on the Peloton and got on the bike and mm-hmm. tuned into that. And mm-hmm. it was, for me, it, it it's therapy. It's massive therapy that, um, that for me, I needed. Sometimes I just need to freaking lay down and sleep and I do it mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I think that's fine or I go for a walk, but I, you know, self-care is super important. I, I, I applaud those who go and get their nails done and, you know, all of those fabulous things that you do for, um, you know, those self-care things. I mean, I, I, I was stoked that I got my hair done after like eight months and, mm-hmm. and, and, um, probably won't get it done again for another eight months. Um, I, I'm just like that self-care has always been kind of like mm-hmm. to the side, even pre COVID. But like, for me, movement has always been self-care. Um, and it gets out angst and it gets out like, you know, the uncertainty that we can hold in our belly. Um, and I always found that it was never yoga for me, just didn't connect to me. Um, I felt just like more music driven, um, like even, even going on YouTube and listening to music was like, and seeing like music videos and stuff was more like therapeutic to me than just doing calming yoga. I'm just, that's just how I'm, I'm wound. So the self-care for me has always been 
doing something that is walking, dancing, singing, uh, fitness. Mm. And how about sleep? Like, did your sleep get disrupted quite a lot with having a new child, like like most yeah. new mums? <sighs> Knock on, <laughs> knock on the crib right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Adia was um, at the very beginning. I, I guess we, okay, I guess I should put it this way. We got a lot of beautiful baby books from people and I thank all of them for the beautiful gifts of the how to take care of your child. I never broke the spine on any book and I we just figured it out. So that first like three months is a bit like, whoa, mm-hmm. it's a bit wild and we had no clue and we just rolled with it. So we took naps during the day. <laughs> um, she's on such a great sleeping uh, pattern now. And I, we just figured it out and what works for her. And um, she's very active. She is very much my daughter. Um, so the minute she gets up, it's just go, 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 go. And we are on walks. We are at the playground. We are, you know, we are doing this, doing that. I'm teaching. She's moving with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just figure it out. I um, had a beautiful night's sleep last night. Don't know what will happen tonight, yeah. but, um, you know, you just take it day by day. It's pretty much what we, um, we, we kind of roll with here in the Verma household. Yeah. Um, it used to be really, really important to me. I, when I was teaching a lot um, back in New York and also doing a show eight times a week, I always had to have that 4 p.m. nap. And it was like phone was switched off. You could not get a hold of me. It was like 4 to 5.15, wake up, go get my venti iced coffee from Starbucks and go to the theater. But now um, I, I don't nap anymore um, like, like that. Um, it's just kind of like, oh, this kind of feels right. I'm going to do it um, for 20 minutes. But, um, you know, I probably on average get six hours of sleep a night. Six and seven is like a great night. So, mm. yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But I like drink a say- lot of water. Yeah, and, and do you rely on coffee a little bit when, you, when you've had a bit Absolutely. of a Absolutely. I can't yeah. drink coffee past 11 a.m. I'm so old now, but um, yeah, uh, coffee in the morning for sure. Coffee in the morning for sure. I, I, I went off of it when I was pregnant, completely mm. off of it. I could not stand it. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, but I was the definitely, body. definitely needed. And- yeah, the body knows what it wants. It's, it sends very exactly. strong signals, doesn't Just it? Go yeah. With it. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of like body confidence, obviously you're a dancer, so you, you've always had amazing kind of strength. And I imagine, I'd, I'm guessing, was your birth like easier because of that, or all the preparation you could have done in the universe couldn't have affected how how your birth was. You know, I actually was working out, and I taught clear up to the day before I gave birth. Um, we actually. She- Hello? Sorry. Sorry. Say that again. Hi. Hi. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So when when, when I was expecting Adia, I actually worked out um, clear up to a a day before I gave birth. Um, The day uh, of her birth, um, it was planned. We were planned cesarean. Uh, We walked to the Great Portland Hospital that morning (laughs) from St. John's Wood. And uh, it was... I, I would say I, I had a very, very easy um, birth. It was beautiful and wonderful. And the post side of it um, was manic when it comes to business and everything. But in terms of moving again and everything, um, it was just figuring it out. Um, things hurt here and there. Things still do hurt here and there. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give the biggest high points to my doctor at the time. 
um, for care. But um, I also have to factor in that, you know, we have we're going through a pandemic and um, I never had a follow up, um, you know, so I, I wouldn't consider a WhatsApp call a follow up. So um, when you have a child, so I'll leave it at that. But um, in terms of uh, I definitely felt strong through the pregnancy and was able to teach. I did find that in my third trimester that I felt to be a liability in the room teaching and I couldn't give the proper uh, technique and form and care that the client deserved. So I pulled myself off of group classes um, probably around 33 weeks because I just, in a room of 14 people pre-COVID, we were very busy and I just didn't feel like it was right. I'm, I'm not the person that can phone it in. I have to give you a thousand percent and I have to be able to give you hands-on corrections and move weights out of the way safely. And I wanted everyone to feel safe in the room. And um, so I personally just pulled myself off the schedule. Um, but uh, working out, I went straight through and, and did everything that I could. And um, yeah, so I, I, I was very lucky. I didn't, I, I did not suffer any sort of crazy, uh, any sort of wild stories post or anything like that. Um, the body is, is amazing and, and wonderful and inc- incredible. And to have the ability to give birth um, and, and to have the ability to do your birth plan, I think is an amazing thing. And my birth plan was always to have cesarean. It was how my mom had had my brother and I. Um, and a simple fact of like for my health, um, I've had issues with cysts. And it was just something that we felt that it would be safer for, for me to go that route. And uh, it was the same with my mom. My mom actually had a little side note. My mom had my brother and I both on a third of one ovary. Yeah, she had massive cysts and always had issues um, with her periods. And at 21, she uh, thought she was going in for a full uh, hysterectomy and they were able to salvage a third of her ovary. A third, that's incredible. A third. Yeah. Now, now, what's even more incredible is my dad proposed to her on before she was being wheeled in for her surgery. <laughs> my dad proposed to her and she was like, but I might not be able to give you children. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. And um, I know, right? Wild. And um, they had my brother four years later and then me uh, two years after that. Oh, well, it's yeah. like you say, everyone's got their own birth plan, right? I had a, a, a plan C for my second and it was incredible. Like, because yeah. I'd had an emergency the first time and the recovery was quite bad because obviously they it's in the rush, right? So they have to kind of right. do things very quickly and tug things about. Um, whereas when it's planned, there's, you know, they can take their time and do things properly. So yeah, right. that works I, for I me think too. it's... Yeah, it's just like it, it, and your body will heal, and it will it will go back to where to where it needs to be and, and where it wants to be. I mean, um, I, I'm just I'm thankful that my body is healthy. I actually recently went through a miscarriage, and for me, my I'm just still in awe that like oh my gosh, my body was able to get pregnant again. And I think that you know I'm gonna look at it as like that bright side to it, and you know. For Ricky and I, we want to have a second child. And we, when, when the time is right, like, that's just what it boils down to. Is It's like your timing. And if the man upstairs wants you to have a, a child, you're going to have a child. And if the plans, you know, even out for you that you are meant to, to have IVF or, you, you know, or, or adopt. I just think it's all a beautiful thing if, if you put out there that you want it 
and it goes with anything, but with, with, with families and everything, it's like you put it out there and you want it. I, I'm a firm believer it's going to happen. Absolutely. And um, the fine is an incredible workout for pre and postnatal, isn't it? Because it's yeah, very low it, impact. Very low impact, um, easy on the joints, uh, keeps that heart rate not so like crazy, crazy. Um, even though I'm, I know doctors have really like kind of walked back, they've kind of stepped back with that, like make sure your heart rate is at this, that and the other. And they, they definitely have leaned down on that. But um, one beautiful thing about well, for bar is your body shifts so much during pregnancy. It, 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 you know, your joints and just everything moves and you're just like, wow. And, um, with bar it's, it adapts to it and kind of helps to take away certain aches that you might start to feel, especially pelvic floor. Um, you know, bar work really works on that low, low, deep down abdominal wall. And it's, it, it, it just really does empower. And I, I, I find that for pregnant women, especially taking the class, they, they do feel that extra, like I am invincible when they're done taking it because not only are they getting through a bar class, they're, they're carrying a human with them. Um, but, you know, it, it doesn't always speak to everyone. And, um, you know, there are beautiful expecting women that are out there doing their hit classes and their spin classes. And I think that if they are, you know, have had the dialogue with their doctors and they have had the dialogue with the institution that they are taking the, the classes from and the, and the instructors, then they should be in good hands and they should be able to move their bodies in the way that inspires them to do so and um, feel good about it and be strong. You have to be strong during your pregnancy so that you are strong post. And I think that that gets lost a lot of the way and people are like, oh my gosh, I'm 32 weeks present, pregnant and I didn't do anything because my doctor said not to do anything. And I'm like, get, it's like just as much as you should have a game plan of how you want your pregnancy to be. And I think that's great. And then you also connect with the alternatives and know that you have the alternatives. You should also have a game plan early, early stages of your pregnancy of being strong and staying strong throughout. It has nothing to do with how big your belly is going to, to get. Your butt's going to get your thighs because trust me, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Let it get big. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of the fashion these days, isn't it? Like on TikTok, <sighs> all the kids want to get the big bum and the kind of very well-defined <sighs> lower section. Because, I mean, you are probably, you're quite famous for training up these models, right? Like Jordan Dunn and Poppy Delavine and, you know, these 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 models. It's that, one outlet that gives yeah. them confidence. It's, yeah. it's That is just like one little blip to what, define is. And it is, I have had the most beautiful privilege of training someone like Jordan, like Poppy, um, but also like Diana Moran, the green goddess. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, she's just epic. You you can't, there, there's no sort of like tag of like what you have to be to do bar. And, um, it, it really does empower. And that's why it, even back to, you know, you're expecting moms, um, expecting dads who get really stressed out and are sitting a lot. I mean, the men that I, I love training the guys that come in and do it. And they're just like, yeah, I'm totally into bar. I'm like, thank you. You need it. Why? They're hunched over the computers all day. My husband, when he's in town, you know, he tries to take as much as he can because he knows he's rounding in the shoulders and he needs to find that connection to his abs and get stronger there. So um, it, it really does lend itself to not just to to women, but to men as well. Yeah. Do you, do you have a high proportion of men coming to class now? I wish I did. 
Yeah. To be honest with you, I wish I did. Pre-COVID, we, we had 10. We had 10 guys that were like solid. Yeah. And um, I would say now we have five. We're like, we're split in half, but, they, but some still come on virtual. Yeah. Um, I mean, the area is very business. So we, I mean, just for us, for our, our clients stuck with us now over to virtual. Mm. So it's um, a bit of a split. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And, and thinking about like what differentiates Define from other bar workouts out there, like what can you get in a Define class that you won't get elsewhere? I hope that you experience um, a sense of caring, a sense of, uh, you know, I find that our bar classes are not just about and pulse and pulse. And it's, it's a why, why you're doing it, why you're connecting to it and what is it going to do for you? Um, we don't speak in any sort of ballet terminology with our workouts. Um, everything is fitness and lifestyle based. Um, and just even going back to if you are stuck at that computer, we are tightening up in the back. We are not getting our steps in that day. We want to make it as I would say user friendly as possible. Um, this even lends itself to the stigma that we just train models because we don't. The beauty of our classes is that when you do go in, you might have a fabulous lawyer and a fabulous model and a fabulous mom and a fabulous grandmother and a fabulous dad. It all works. Everyone collectively is in the room together. Everyone's listening to the same music. Everyone is doing the same moves. It might all look different, but it's the movement that's going to help you get dive deeper into your glutes, your abs, um, your lifted posture, and the mental side of it of just empowering you and taking you um, away from whatever it was that, you know, you were dealing with earlier or whatever you have to deal with later, it, it kind of alleviates the tension. Yeah. And so if you're after, if you finished a really stressful day and you're after like a major endorphin rush, like what is the best defined class for that? And what sort of music do you play to get people fired oh, up? Oh gosh. Penny, <laughs> I am like a pit bull kind of girl. I mean, a man with Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide. I mean, he just, he's just, he's just everything. So you're always going to hear Pitbull in my class. Um, you know, our, our mat class is super, super popular. Our power class also, those are our more fast paced moving. Um, we, we have a clientele that have been with us for a very long time. So they're definitely more on the advanced side, but anyone who is brand new to define, get into a mixed level bar, get into a bar foundations class that will break down bar. So you don't feel too, too scared because it, it is, I think with any workouts, like with hit, I mean, like the first time I took hit, I was scared to death. I've been doing fitness for years. Why am I afraid? Cause it's something new. So you're always going to have that little bit of sweat behind the knee and that little bit of a tremble and like, you know, drinking a little extra water and that heart rate's going to be up because you're scared. And that's just what happens um, to those endorphins. But I think you just have to embrace it like any other any other thing that you would in uh, in your everyday life and, you know, just go for it. Take away the stigma that bar is just for models and it's just for someone who is already skinny and it's already and it's only for a female because that is absolute BS. And it really is about transforming you to your best self. It is about defining a stronger, more empowered you. And, you know, the rest of the, the aesthetic stuff, it comes along with it, just like with any other workout, whether I am pushing that, that thing down the, the, all that heavy, I tell you what, all that heavy stuff down the chute, whatever you call it here. I don't even know what you call it here, but, um, the yard, 
I guess that's what you guys call it, the yard. I mean, that that all is insane and amazing and wonderful and people love it and I applaud you for it. But you know what? You also should be applauding us folk who are doing a different type of movement because this type of movement is also something that is strengthening the body, empowering the body and really bringing happiness to people. It shouldn't, a bar is not something that's just dolly dinkle and should be talked down to. Not at all. Nice. Oh, I can't wait to get back in the studio. I feel like at the last session I did with you, I was pregnant with my first, which was like 2019. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, here's to doing some classes in real life one day. Massively, um, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Ashley, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. I really Thank have enjoyed it. Thank you for having it. me. And uh, yeah, let's let's just taste the future and hope that we have an easier road from here. I Fingers actually am due, <laughs> I'm due to go to Portugal and it's on amber and I'm now thinking how the hell I get there without having to quarantine for two weeks on arrival. It's just, oh, mm. who knew this would be going on two years later? <laughs> here we are. It's crazy. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. And I'll see you soon. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.